It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Once again, welcome to another Estate Planning Essentials program, delightfully protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm virtually on the telephone, sitting with Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hi, Don. How you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you over there? Are you working hard? I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's no there's no rest for the weary. No, and you got all those computer problems fixed, I presume. Yes, ready to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go for it. We talked about that before the program, and if there's one thing we can't go really cheap on, it's computers and cars. They both have to be very reliable and almost perfect, and it sounds like you're seeing to that with your computer. Yeah, absolutely. We want to make sure that um, everything is always, you know, we have a lot more Zoom meetings today, and we want to make mm-hmm. sure everything is uh, to have the least uh, possible uh, glitches that there could be, so have at it, as they say. Good for you. That's the right thing to do. You uh, you have those Zoom uh, workshops uh, at least once, if not sometimes twice a month, and the next one is Saturday, April the 24th at 10 o'clock, and it's a free workshop on estate planning essentials. You can ask questions about government assistance, wills, probate, estate planning, you name it. And uh, so sign up for Michael's next workshop, which is right from the comfort of your own home via a Zoom connection and a Zoom conference call, and or video conference call, that is, and you'll greatly enjoy your time. And we'll talk about that later on in the program. But today, Michael, you wanted to talk about something a bit specific, which is called paid-upon-death accounts and wills. Yeah, um, it's a common thing uh, that people have POD accounts uh, or trans-POD, payable-on-death accounts, mm-hmm. or transfer-on-death accounts. Sometimes mm-hmm. people have ITF accounts. And a lot of people say, well, gee, that's, you know, that's great when they find out that they say, look, if it goes directly to the beneficiary, which a POD account does, then I don't need a will or trust. That's the best thing that ever happened, right? <laughs> well, not exactly sometimes. Uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So usually what happens, first of all, if you had a POD account, paid on death account, payable on death account, then you have to show the death certificate to the, let's say, bank or whatever the financial institution is. That may not be a problem. could be great. It'd be simple. It just goes directly to your beneficiary. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the problem? Sometimes, first of all, it takes a while to get death certificates. Usually it's used to be only two or three weeks. Uh, unfortunately, with COVID-19, it seems like it's been a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, and remember, we, we had a show, oh, I guess it was a couple years ago, where the husband had a POD account to his wife. Uh, she was not uh, on the account as a joint owner. It was just a POD, and he was disabled. And remember, he I don't know if you remember the story, but uh, he because he was always falling out of bed, uh, they had rails on his bed. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. 
his he got his head stuck in the rails and died. Oh. Uh, and so the coroner, in effect, delayed uh, issuing a death certificate because it, they thought it may be suspicious. Mm. Uh, and so uh, it took months before she could get to that account uh, because of the nature of a delay for the um, the getting a death certificate. So uh, we got around that, by the way, but through a temporary certificate. But that's a different story for a different show. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's not normal. You say, okay, well, that's not normal. Um, um, and, and how does that POD account work if you did have a will? Well, the beneficiary designation supersedes a will mm-hmm. uh, or a trust or anything else for that matter. So if you have a life insurance beneficiary, then great. It just goes right to the beneficiary. It doesn't go by your will. If you had a will that said uh, all to Sarah uh, and your uh, POD count said all to dad, well, that account would all go to dad, notwithstanding the will. Okay. uh, The beneficiary designation supersedes the will. You say, well, that sounds nice and simple and easy. We could avoid probate. We could avoid the courts. So that sounds nice and good and dandy, but what could be the problems? Well, before you go any further, and you can have numerous PODs, right? You don't just have one. Right. You could have, so you could have a checking account that said paid on death. Mm-hmm. You could have a savings account that said paid on death. You could have an investment account that says TOD, transfer on death. Of course, you could have an IRA beneficiary. Your life insurance policy should have a beneficiary. Your, uh, if you have an annuity, you would have a beneficiary. So wonderful! Oh, in fact, you could do all sorts. You could do things with just about any account that you could think of. That uh, so it, so what's the? There's no need for a will, right? Or no need for a trust. You exactly. can have the world's best <laughs> will or trust ever made by in the history of time in the estate planning hall of fame, but the beneficiary designation would trump. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I guess I was taught at one time when it comes to finances that if it sounds too good to be true, it is. And I think that's where we're heading. Yeah. Well, there could be some problems. So it's not to say that there are always a problem. It's not Mm -hmm. to say that it can't be used in the right circumstances, Mm -hmm. but there could be problems. Let's say you had, let's say uh, recently I noticed that I had somebody that said all to the two daughters, okay, well, that sounds nice and fine, right? But does the world always go according to Hoyle? No, not necessarily. And so uh, one daughter, unfortunately, had a heart attack. She wasn't old. She was in her 40s. And so what is the bank going to do? It's going to give it all to the surviving daughter. It's not going to go per stirpes. They don't do per stirpes on bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Unlike like on a will or a trust. But you say, I don't want a will because that avoid I want to avoid probate. Well, then that gets more into a trust issue, which we can talk about in just a minute. Mm-hmm. So the, the first problem is if you did have more than one beneficiary, then it could be a problem because you may want those assets to go to uh, the grandchildren, for example, if, if your child predeceases you. And that's not the way it may otherwise go. Mm-hmm. In fact, it could be the same thing with on an IRA. A lot of times, uh, if you, I was looking at somebody's, oh, I think it was at Fidelity, but it may have been Schwab, and it says, okay, 
it's going to go to the survivor of the two, and then it goes to that person's children if there's neither one of them were alive. Right. So that may not be the way you want it. You may want the you don't want to maybe penalize the grandchildren because their parent, your child, died before you. So anyway, uh, so one so there is that pitfall of persterpes, whereas in a persterpes means right of representation. So typically in wills and sometimes in trust, you say all to so and so persterpes means by they take the share of their parent as opposed to per capita, which I don't know if I need to go through that at this time, which means okay. per head. But anyway, uh, so so if you have more than one beneficiary, in fact, I remember one time I had a, uh, a son who was the only beneficiary. He was the in-town child, the in-town child. There were 10 kids, mm. and the in-town child, after mom died, said, do I have a legal obligation to pay the other nine siblings of mine that's bank account that I was named as the POD beneficiary. I said, you have no legal obligation, just a moral obligation. And he said, they haven't talked to mom lately anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I thought you were going to rationalize it. Yeah, that was his rationalization. So it may not be, it may not be, if you say, I trust the child, but, you know, they may not do what you wanted to do, and that beneficiary designation supersedes the will. Right. So uh, there would be uh, he he could get all that money, and that's exactly what occurred. So he had no morals. Uh, it's just that's the way it was. Okay. Well, maybe wow. that's the way mom wanted it. That's mm-hmm. maybe the way mom wanted. It. Yeah. I don't know. We'll so know. now let's say that that child, as soon as they get the money, they spend it. They're a spendthrift. If they're a spendthrift, do you want to protect? Do you want all your money to go all all of a sudden? Uh, they're spending that money as soon as they get it. Well, that could be a problem. That may not be what you want because if you have estate planning, whether a a will or a trust, you often do some protection for the benefit of the spendthrift child. So, for example, you could have a contingent trust a trust within your will, a testamentary trust, as in other words, out of, uh, from your last will and testament, or you could be a trust within your trust. If you have a, a, a typical revocable trust, or even if you had an irrevocable trust, you could protect that spendthrift uh, and ha- say how they get their money. And you could do that in numerous different ways. Uh, depend, you could have different standards, certain dollar amount. I had somebody recently, they said, okay, I'm going to give my spendthrift child, uh, and it was a good sum, I'm going to give them $90,000 a year. That should be enough for them. Uh, And so it was an example of they saying, I'm going to give you X, and and I know you're going to spend it, but I'm going to limit you to this. This is what we think you can live on. And, of course, I know that that's a good amount for a lot of people, but that's what this this case happened to say uh, So in their will. Uh, it could be that you don't want a will because you want to avoid probate to begin with, and that may be why you had the POD to begin with. But uh, but sometimes, even if you do have a paid-on-death account, it may be that you have to probate anyway. So let me kind of give you an example. Okay. Uh, the Let's say that somebody uh, had debt. So here's an actual story uh, recently from just this past Friday. Uh, mom and dad had been married for 50 years. 
they had uh, joint accounts, uh, and the mom, unbeknownst to her husband of 50 years, had decided to uh, do a, be on a loan for a grandchild's car. And, of course, the grandchild didn't make the payments, and they gave the car back to the lender, but the lender says, you still owe another $20,000, and we're going to sue you, husband, because of your wife's debts. Uh, now, they may have had joint accounts and not even a paid-on debt account, but still, uh, there could be liability for, uh, in this case, he didn't even know anything about it, but it was community property, so there could be liability, and so it could be uh, actually, what I told them to do is uh, is uh, <laughs> actually delay on probate because uh, hmm. you have four years to probate. And I told them you're supposed to when you have a will, you're actually if you're not probating the will, uh, then you could you're supposed to file it with the clerk uh, of the county, and um, and let them if they want to probate it, then we'll negotiate. <laughs> mm-hmm. but let's see if they let's let the statute of limitations start to go. Uh, again, you have four years, and if they don't do anything, it's, it'll be up to them to probate the will if they want, if they decide to take that effort to try to collect on the debt. So, um, Because otherwise, there may have been some community debt that has to be in the – and even if it was a paid-on debt account, they might be – if you did probate the will, they may take the money from that pay-to-debt account to help pay those bills. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah. complicated stuff. Well, so far we've gone a long distance when it comes to paid upon death or pay. I keep saying paid upon, paid on death, um, and that, that option. And I always thought it was the panacea for lots of situations, but apparently, not always. Um, there seems to be some hooks and some snags that can surface at times and really cause some headaches. Um, perhaps you've considered a uh, paid upon death or paid on death. Perhaps you have one, uh, and you have more questions about them. Or other things regarding wills, for example, uh, you can go to Michael's next workshop, never leaving your house, by attending it online. And the next one is Saturday, April the 24th at 10 o'clock in the morning. And it is a free workshop. It's a Zoom uh, video conference call. And you can listen uh, and not be seen. And you can see everybody else if you'd like. Or you can be present and they can see you and you can see them. And Michael goes around the room and asks, around the room, around the Zoom call, conference call, and ask people questions and what they want to know about estate planning or government assistance. And he's been doing it for years and years. And, Michael, they've been very successful. Yeah, we started doing them in 2012. 12, okay. Uh, Yeah, end of 2012, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even before we started doing this radio show. Mm -hmm. And the... Uh, in, in, you know, we thought, well, the tax law might be changing, just kind of like it is today. Um, you know, we don't know what we think, but if there's a lot of different, more spending measures, that there will be changes in the tax laws. Uh, so, and so a lot of people were having questions at that time. Uh, during the Obama administration, there was a question of whether they were going to reduce the estate tax from five to one million, affecting a lot of people who had, you know, a, a larger estate. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, so a lot of people wondered what they should do. 
And so it's, now it's similar, by the way, because the state tax limit, again, may be reduced, and there's a lot of other things that could be happening. That's not the topic of today's show. Mm-hmm. But in any event, we could talk about if somebody were – if that was one of the questions that people uh, asked, for example, at the workshop, we would talk about that. We asked mm-hmm. people, what do you want to know? What is it that's on your mind? Is it something about paid-on-death account? Is it about a will? Is it about a trust? Is it about Medicaid? Is it about veterans' benefits? Is it, you know, is it about tax issues? Whatever it is that they want to know regarding estate planning, we never know what they're going to ask. Each workshop is different because the questions are different at each workshop. So you'll find out, you'll see what other people ask about, and it may or may not be applicable to you. And then even if your questions are not fully answered at the Estate Planning Essentials Workshop on April 24th, as you mentioned, then we have a free vision meeting for you if you desire without any obligation. So basically, you get three free hours of estate planning knowledge, and I think you'll have a little bit of fun along the way. Uh, to, to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com, where you could be a part of this workshop. Uh, And it's like you said, by Zoom, which you could do by on a laptop or on the iPhone or whatever. It's very simple. We give you instructions. Uh, We make it very, very, very simple for you. Uh, Again, all you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 telephone number. Very good. there are we have about ten minutes left in the program, Michael. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more. I had always thought that the paid on death accounts option uh, was the best one out there. If people don't have that, how can we make sure they sleep at night? I mean, are there other things that oh. are already in their wills that that can cover for that? Oh, sure. First of all, mm-hmm. you don't have to have a, a paid on death account. I was just saying that there's problems, and there's other problems that I'm going to mention as well. Okay. Uh, we haven't mentioned so far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you could have wills or trust. If you're wanting to avoid probate, your answer is probably uh, to have a trust. So a lot of people say, oh, I want to pay it on death account because I don't want to have to go to court to pr- transfer that individual account. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I don't want it, that means I have to pay the attorney. I have to go, you know, bef- go through the you know, probate process, do all the different things that are required by law. And so, you know, whether it's giving notice to beneficiaries or notice to creditors or going to court to prove up the will or in doing an inventory or doing all the different types of things that are required, and that's assuming the will was good to begin with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of people say, oh, my goodness, I don't want to go through that process. A lot of times it's simple, but a lot of times it's not so simple, and it really just depends. So that's why a lot of people have that paid-on-death account, but again, there's lots of other issues. If you had, let's say, that beneficiary, uh, that child, let's say the child had creditor issues. Well, uh, if it went right to the child, it could go right to their creditors. So let's say uh, that person was being sued because they were in an auto accident or maybe they had credit card bills or maybe they didn't pay on a lease. Whatever it may be, if the creditor finds out that you have these assets, then guess what? They could get to the money. And if it's a paid-on-death account, you get the money immediately. Mm-hmm. If you if you wanted to protect against that, just similar to the spendthrift trust, you could have a trust for the benefit of that beneficiary that would protect them from lawsuits or perhaps bad marriages or spouses remarrying. If you're concerned about that as well, 
What happens if the beneficiary is a minor? Let's say you got a 15-year-old that's a beneficiary. Can they, or even a seven-year-old, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're a minor. Mm -hmm. They don't even have legal capacity. So you can't, That are we going to have to set up a guardianship for them? Are mm -hmm. we going to, they can't spend the money. They're not considered to have legal capacity. So instead, typically in most people's wills or in their trust, they have a contingent trust for the benefit of that uh, child. And even if they were 18 or the age of majority, would they not spend that money on a red sports car or something that we would think is not the best idea uh, because they're just not simply mature? And so a lot of times, even if they were over the age of majority, you have a contingent trust within your will or within your trust to protect them. So again, uh, you, you might want to protect your beneficiary instead of them just inheriting directly where it goes to the creditors. Or let's say that the beneficiary, um, let's say the beneficiary had a disability and was on public benefits. Well, that paid on debt account, guess what happens? It may lose their public benefits. Mm. Now you have to do something. If they were on SSI, Supplemental Security Income, or some Medicaid program, or perhaps some other type of a program in which it's means-tested. They look at your assets. So, again, that's a potential problem, and so you have to worry about it. What happens if you gave to a child and they were having marital problems? Well, an inheritance is considered separate property, but let's say that they were just estranged and the child had given a power of attorney to their estranged spouse. That estranged spouse might uh, take have access to the to the account through the power of attorney. Is that something that you are concerned about? Maybe not. Maybe not. So, uh, you know, you just don't know. And so all of a sudden you say, hmm, oh, gee, you know, it may not go to the beneficiary I want. It may go to a spendthrift. It may have creditor issues. It might have a minor. It may have somebody disabled. You may have debts that you didn't expect. And how are you going to pay the debts of the, of the estate with if there is – uh, the money went outside the estate, and so then you may have to probate the will anyway, and the executor may have to go against that account. Or uh, we had a we had a case uh, recently where somebody had a living trust. Okay, great. They put all their assets in a living trust. Seems to be no problem, right? Well, what happened? The um, usually, if if the biggest mistake that people make when they have a living trust, a living trust is where you put all your assets into the trust to avoid probate. Sounds good. That was maybe one of the goals with the uh, POD accounts, except for it may have all these different protections against, you know, that we just talked about, the spendthrift or the uh, having the way things are the way you want to, however many beneficiaries or credit issues or minors or whatever. Well, what happened was that the dad had died in an accident that was caused by somebody else, and the personal injury attorney uh, wanted to sue. Well, when you have to sue, you have to have an, somebody that's a representative. Well, how do you have a representative on behalf of that? And that means to probate the will. And by the way, when we looked at the will, the will didn't have the self-proving affidavit, the part at the end of the will where you don't need to bring witnesses, was not done according to Texas law. So we had to look at the will from 22 years ago, and I said we need to find his witnesses to prove up the will so that you could have a representative of the estate to collect on the lawsuit. So even if you have a living trust, you may end up having to probate a will anyway. So even if you a revocable trust generally avoids probate, generally, but it's not always the case. 
Uh, remember, we talked, uh, I think, sometime last month about the situation where the husband uh, did not have a will at all, uh, and he just had a small life insurance policy. The wife uh, did not know about that life insurance policy. The uh, kids found out about that life insurance policy after both mom and dad had died uh, by looking at the unclaimed funds from the state of Texas. And so they had to probate mom's will that she she didn't know about this life insurance policy, but to be able to collect on the life insurance policy, they need to have a representative of the estate. So that means you have to probate the will so an executor would be appointed to act to be able to collect on the insurance proceeds. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> this estate planning stuff gets a little bit more complicated than just having a paid-on-death account, I'm afraid. I hear you. That is complicated. And I was going to even dare mention uh, Leona Helmsley, did she um, will everything to her dog? Yeah, she left an awful lot, and 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 so I, I don't know if she left everything, but a lot of times people do give monies to pet trust. There's all sorts of different things, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, you, you just you know, some people do whatever it is. You could do whatever you want with trust in your estate planning. Yeah. I don't know if you could have a paid on debt to your pet. Yeah, that would be funny, but I wouldn't be surprised. I bet you can. No, actually, it actually is considered a personal property, and so it would be part of the estate. Uh, in, at least in Texas, oh. uh, that is considered personal property. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. So remember we had that case where there was the uh, somebody wanted to be buried with their pet. And mm-hmm. so then it got to be an issue about the laws of every different every state. In Texas, we consider it personal property. So you might say something in your will or trust about your pet, or even in your power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do all that stuff if that's what you if that what if that's what your goal is. And obviously, a paid on death account would not be something that would take care of that situation. Good old Texas. I like that rule or that law regarding animals and pets for sure as personal property. Texas is the greatest state in the country as far as I'm concerned, and it's a pleasure to live here. And uh, Michael knows all the laws in Texas when it comes to state planning and government assistance, and he also is very up on federal laws. So he's the person to talk to. He's my attorney. He should be your attorney. And the first step in that direction was to, to attend his next virtual workshop, which is online, which is a Zoom video conference call, and that is on Saturday. April the 24th at 10 o'clock. And to sign up for that two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, dial 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. It's Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, and you will be very happy that you not only signed up, but you attended the workshop via Zoom, and you will learn a ton, not just Bob from the question that you asked and he answered, but from what others ask as well. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. 
Well, you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 